Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 114. 114. The end is nigh for this season. uh, Last episode of the season before the best of. That is like, oh, you're 14, you're in 8th grade or something. I thought maybe there was something cool there, but it's just, I shouldn't tread down that path. Hey, listen, this is one of those episodes, you just let the number go. You just keep uh, right into the stuff, you know? Yeah, sometimes there's not always a clever, using the term loosely, way to relate some sort of linguistic trait or grammatical phenomenon yeah, to, some to a people, number. Some people think of that as lowbrow. To me, it's kind of hard still. So I don't think of it as lowbrow. I think of it as the only achievable joke for me <laughs> so i don't think that you're, i don't think you're wrong in that thank you thank uh, you you're so supportive of me uh, you, you know what it's it's about going with the flow grant it's about not saying no it's about saying yes and it's about understanding that there are certain things in life like your affinity for numerology in some strange ways or my affinity for alliteration <laughs> that you can just never change yeah. you have to go with the flow yes allow them to affect you as they will or or, or not perhaps i don't know I or not affect you Yeah, it's it's a question we grappled with on this episode with one Sean O'Connor, who I met uh, working on a project with Seth Godin a few years ago. He's become a dear friend, a collaborator, somebody I I really respect. And and a great guy. He's currently, his his station is the A marketing manager for Barnes & Noble Education, their digital and software division. Uh, He works in sort of client relationships and by trade. He's also a writer and a maker and a creative mind in general. Certainly, certainly. And actually, we did collaborate on... uh, I did some art for his book, which is The Habit of Mindfulness, 25 Daily Meditations, which I could give a stamp of approval. Not just because I did some design on it, but because it's really solid. Yes. Helpful Uh, stuff, man. Find that that on the Zon. Yeah. (laughs) Go go zap that on the Zon, brah. (laughs) You got uh, it. Yeah, yeah. We'll share notes that. It's a, a lovely little book that we appreciate. We also appreciate Simplecast, the tool we use to publish our podcast the easy way. Uh, Talk about Zen. Yeah, truly. Honestly, though. Pod Zen. P-O-D-Z-E-N, baby. TM, uh, when you're talking about eliminating sort of the superfluous noise in your life so that you can focus on what is important... Uh, minimalism and simplification are major parts of that. That's what Simplecast allows us to achieve with our show. Certainly. Thank you, Simplecast, for your support. Thank you, Sean O'Connor, for coming on the show all the way from, he might say New York City, but we know he was, <laughs> he was in Jersey City. That's so so brutal. Uh-huh. I love it. Uh, and thank you, Vince. And thank you, Grant. And thank you, listeners for joining in this week and every week. Hope you enjoy episode 114, Flow. back we lost a grant he went to his cell he went to text um but we were just agreeing that this is definitely not not going to be not be not fun Vince 
and other particulars pertaining to Vince. Hey, Grant. Hey, buddy. You know what? It's been a, it's kind of been a little bit of a while, yeah. So it's really nice that you're here. And ooh, side note, <laughs> I sang uh, "One Last Breath," uh, the Creed song. One last breath at uh, Tokyo, or excuse me, in Little Tokyo at karaoke, maybe like a month ago, to not get reviews. <laughs> <laughs> the critics weren't like, moved by your performance. Oh man, now I'm six feet from the edge and off the ground. Maybe six feet ain't so far down. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the, of their work, but your rendition of it is faithful. Thank you. Faithful to them, to their, to the yeah. Faithful to their sound, yeah. That's right. It's a yeah. I I felt like it was an homage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you know, if I, I'm surprised you didn't go with higher though. uh, Good track, down to the words. If oh, I guess I do. Won't you take me higher? Yeah, that riff is actually good. I I will say this: that riff is good. Also, pretty intoxicating, infectious. I, I like I like them I, as like a they're like a joke now, but like the okay, wait, fuck this. I, I think I fell into my own trap. <laughs> this is the first time where I honestly just, I had to stop myself. I was looking at you and I was like, wait, what am I doing? Am I? This must happen to you often, Vince. I just wanted to ask what you're working on. I didn't want not want. To oh well, Creed. we should get back to Creed in a minute, but. Uh, what I'm working on fuck End of the year I actually fuck Reed. You know what I take that back. Well I mean they, no, I There are valid criticisms of it There are valid like, criticisms It reminds me of like uh, People just like Shitting on Nickelback And like Avril Lavigne Is like Yeah fuck you Cause she's dating I think the Yeah whatever his name is Yeah yeah But it's like Yeah they Dude, they sold a lot of records. They're killing it. Fuck you guys. Well, I mean, uh, I, there, there are there are valid reasons. I mean, the people who mindlessly just hate monger against Nickelback for trend and for memes, it's like, yeah, well, fuck those guys. But, but also, I'm on board, I guess. But yeah, but there's there's like uh, there's merit to criticizing them in a funny way, like any other art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do, wait, so what am I working on? Well, yeah, dude, I'm keeping us on the rails today. Okay. No, so far so good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, what are you working on? What are you putting your time into, Vince? Actually, uh, well, bes- I mean, I know the the like meme answer is that I'm super busy at the office, but it, it I mean, it really is. You're but it's also busy. true. And you're super busy at the office? No, I'm, well, I'm not actually you're working on it. Personal work. Come on, man! What this is so? I mean, come on! No, we were. I thought we were participating in the memory. I was not. No, um, yeah, we are. No, it's all. I mean, but it, I mean, the tr- the meme is still the truth. My beautiful babe. Uh, work is super busy, but actually, a lot of my a lot of my downtime to to maybe like the detriment of my greater metaphysical health is that like tons of my downtime writing lately has gone into writing story for a Dungeons and Dragons group that I uh, I DM for well uh, not direct message no that's Dungeon Master believe it or not I have like a hundred ish pages of like original content written for the adventure so intense I shouts out respect we'll show notes episode five the fabled it's really fabled <laughs> episode 5 uh, with Adam Garcia yeah yeah who's also a dungeon master or maybe he's not a DM he's, he's a player a part, I don't know I don't know that's awesome I actually even drew the map that's behind you hand drew it it took wow. me like three Jesus days Christ. 
But maybe so we'll, maybe we'll get a picture of that and we'll show notes that I've like do- dove into it 100 percent and it's. Do you have it, a solid picture of that? Or should I can run and grab my phone. I no, I have a solid picture. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, we should show notes that for sure. Yeah, that's this very humbling, but. Uh, <laughs> so I wish you could see it. I've been like really into that sort of tabletop gaming and RPG since I was a kid and I finally got into it as an adult and it's 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 very much like improv much more than a game so it's super fun wait improv is much more than a game is that what you're saying? D&D is much more like improv than it is a game uh, of sorts. Okay. I thought There's you were, like, I thought you were saying it shared the characteristic and, and, and perhaps the general misunderstanding that improv... Improv, <laughs> love, and D&D all a game, man. No, no. That's no, it. No. They're like, like, oh yeah, dude, it's... Improv is not a game, man. It's so much more than a game. <laughs> you're like, wait, I know... Yeah, no one no, says that improv's a game. Yeah, no, uh, no that's, that's all I meant. But, so that's been like probably like 20 to 30 hours a week working on that which is all fun man it's like a it's a total blast so uh that's that's keeping me busy man uh what about you it's been a while since i've seen you what are you working on man been a while while. oh that's not actually a creed song though yeah what is that three euros down or something oh yeah is it i think so yeah wow we're really kryptonite Or really, I actually liked that song. Yeah, I know. Me too. I mean, I had that album. Um, what's something from the sun? Away uh, from the no. Might as well be walking on the sun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <I think. laughs> that's a way. Oh, Who's okay. that? Anyway, uh, we got a lot of show notes already, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> to really get get those links, get those Wikipedia links in there, and also donate. They need our money. Not this is the season to do this so. Yes, right. Even five dollars helps. Give them five. I get you, <laughs> man. Shots out. No, I donated last year for sure, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't hey, this year. And while you're at it, let's get the Patreon going for ten thousand dollars. Give us five. We'll do five. Here, five for us. Five for Wiki. This is a surprise launch for me, but yes, donate to our not yet existent but soon to be Patreon. <laughs> Shouts out. Uh, what have I been doing? Well, funny enough, um, I just got in. I came straight from the airport to here. From I was in New York, and I was actually staying with. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh oh, spoilers. <laughs> all right, get get your notepads out. Get your. I know people are going to start uh, fervently searching. They're going to hear this clue, and they're like, "Wait, wait, okay, okay." So I was staying with our guest today. I was staying with him in New York. Oh, wow, wow. Don't freak out. I know. Oh. Okay, okay, that's clue one. All right, so I just got back from there. I uh, Before that, I was in Portland. We haven't casted in a while because I've been fucking traveling. It's Just sitting. It's, uh, it's tough to find a reliable recording situation and to predict the schedule. It's been... It's okay. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit tired of it, and I'm looking for some more stability. Ready to put down a root or two? Yeah, one root, two roots. Three, you got three. A man. <laughs> now we're on Fallon, baby. <laughs> okay. That's good. It was okay. Uh, second clue. I was in New York to attend. Um, it was a full day... What do we call it? Seminar? Perhaps a seminar. Tribal gathering. Uh, Tribunal? Yeah, with young Seth Godin. Friend of the show. Guess oh, the show. my gosh. One self-awareness. Well, we'll show notes that. Um, and I met our guest while working on a project with him. You know, the Fabled Project. You know, we discussed at length, I think, probably. 
Probably, right? Yeah. Uh, the project capitalized. Ooh, I want to suggest a sound effect there, but I feel like I'm putting too much stress on Pat. Already. In this holiday season, yeah. Pat should be allowed to, to yeah, take a break. If he has a Jingle Bells theme handy, just that's fine. That's good enough. That'll do. Uh, so I met him working on that, and we have become close friends. We became close friends on that project. Stayed in touch. We actually... Another connection of the show. We attended the wedding of one Bear Brooks, the only, mm-hmm. by most fans count, uh, two-time repeat guest. Wait, wait. Second. Well, the first. The, the first of the now the hood, the three hood. and a half two repeat guests. Well, the two, oh, both, both of the, both of the, both of the hood illustrious hood, Who hood twins. By the way, Which thank you. To odds and yes. They sent us some lovely patches and pins. It was such a nice surprise. That was so nice. What a treat. So they asked me for your address, and I, they asked for my address and your address, and I was, like, going to tell you, and I was like, nah, let's let this one just That, it, you rascal. I didn't know how they looked me up, but I thought they might have known my company because I mentioned it, so they sent it to, to my office, but... Yeah. I, I sent it to the office, right? Yeah. I, I learned my lessons. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. That's a story for another cast. No, it isn't. We'll never talk about that. But okay. that's all right. So, Bear Brooks shouts out, what was the episode... Four? And then... Four and... Sixty or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah? You were in that apartment. Okay. All right. Four and sixty, something like that. Good, good ass. Wow, and our guest is being truly patient. I can... This is one of the longest run-ups we've ever had. Man, respect. <laughs> On Scout's Honor. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, should we get should we get to it? Yeah, okay. So our guest today, as mentioned, I met him on the Seth Godin project. Uh, he is a ooh, how else do we describe him? I mean he's a he's a former Fulbright scholar, which I think is a cool little badge of honor. Uh, he's if by by my marks, he's an intellectual. He's a he's a really smart smart feller. He he gives a lot of shits about education. He's a, he's a pretty fun guy. We've had a lot of fun. We've I enjoyed yoga together. We, catching up with some of the writing on his humor. site we'll today. Say, man, we, we had some really good uh, pranks even during that project. He was like my prank co-pilot. Wow. Including the now defunct Sean O'Godin. Uh, com, which was a ripoff of Sedco and right photoshopped uh, Sean's face. Oh, there's a spoiler. Oh, to Seth's thing. It was pretty elaborate, pretty fun. Okay, welcome to the show, Mr. Sean O'Connor. Didn't even mention that you work at Barnes and Noble, but I'm sure we're going to get into that stuff, right, Sean? I think we will. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much for being on. And hey, you know what? Thanks for being patient. Uh, as we Amazing. we we had a lot of like backed up backing up to do. We did. Uh, it's been a little so, bit since we recorded. That's uh, so we. It, was, it felt good to get it out of our system. Yeah, I mean, you wanna you wanna clear the blockage. <laughs> yeah. Now it's suddenly gotten like a little bit romantic, but it's all good. Uh, you are a marketing manager for Barnes and Noble Education, to be specific, working in the digital slash software arm of that business. It's actually the lab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been working there about four months now. Excellent. And you love it? Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun Um, learning a lot about the higher education industry and just the nuances of the the problems that need to be solved in colleges and universities. 
Uh, I'm sure there are no shortage of those, but um, very, it's a very cool line of work that you've got. And may I be the first, probably not the first, but may I be the next to ask you, Sean, what are you working on? What are you putting your time into recently? And, and then can I be the next, uh, actually, to ask you, what are you working on? What are you putting your time into recently? <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Oh, oh, thanks, Grant. Thanks, Vince. Um, yeah, so, you know, joining a new company, spending a lot of time just getting up to speed, learning about uh, the products we're selling, the solutions. Um, I also recently self-published a book. Oh, yes. Uh, which literally. Wait, we're holding. hand is on it. And now both it, hands are on it. It's sitting on the table. The Habit of Mindfulness, 25 Daily Meditations. Sean O'Connor, which yeah, where where can people find that? I mean, we'll show notes it. What, they can find it on the Amazon. Amazon, okay. Just look up the habit of mindfulness. A perfect stocking stuffer <laughs> for the mindful person in your life, Respect. or the person who wants to become a little more mindful. Uh, there you go. I'm looking at the back cover now, to walk a thorny road, we may cover its every inch with leather, or we can make sandals. Yes, that is, I mean, a cool, cool quote. Like it's it's like a, a sort of a tropish like saying, but it's it needs to be said, and it always brings a smile on my face when I hear those sort of citations. That particular Indian parable. No, not that one in particular, <laughs> but the, that same sort of vibe of yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. wisdom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like f- fun, like fun, digestible moments of clarity. Yeah, and I, I think more people could use a little bit more resilience in their thought. Uh, I don't think many people could argue with that. And perhaps that's a decent lead-in. Yeah, I think so. As long as uh, as long as he didn't have any other shout-outs yeah, yeah. he wanted to do for his current what current else? schedule. What else, anything else, Rockin? You got anything? Uh, jitsu? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah. I practice Taijutsu. Been studying that for like three years now. And um, my parents also opened up a restaurant about a year and a half ago. So help out there when I can do a lot of their like digital marketing stuff. Uh, and on holidays, you'll find me waiting tables and drinking whiskey there. <laughs> that's really that's actually quite nice. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for joining. You can tell, honestly, you can tell not only by the the book that you authored um, and the the philosophy behind that book. I presume I have not read it yet, uh, but also by just the way you talk and interact with us, there is a an amount of uh, to invoke a phrase as an adjective going with the flow. And hopefully, you don't think that observation is off base. No, not at all. Uh, and it, that's exactly what we're talking about today. The, some might call it path of least resistance. Some might call it riding the wave. Others might call it a calculated serenity in that mm. you, you hoist the sail so that the wind can guide you, but you guide yourself within the wind. Uh, a, a mindful Zen-like quality that allows... Some would argue, and I think it's the basis for this topic, that it leads to better creativity or, or at least greater happiness. Hopefully, Yeah, I think if you spend less time 
fighting the world and just accept the things that you can't change and then figure out what you can change and focus on that, you'll uh, you'll be a lot more effective and you'll have a lot more fun. Well, well, that's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. have a good day. <laughs> Take care. It ain't, uh, yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's absolutely the truth. From from whence, if I may use this as a kickoff point, from whence was this philosophy uh, within yourself born? When did you sort of start thinking about uh, that approach to doing things, and and what was the impetus for thinking about it? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, I grew up like, right. My parents are restaurateurs. So I grew up in and around restaurants. And I think that informed a lot of my worldview, just seeing how people act in that environment, learning a lot about customer service and just running a business. And then, um, in middle school, I picked up Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance by Robert Prising. And that was the first book on Eastern philosophy I ever read. And that kind of, uh, flipped a switch in my mind and led me down a really long rabbit hole of studying Buddhist philosophy and Zen thought. Uh, should be mentioned that (laughs) when I met you, uh, on that Seth project, you had just come off, uh, I think, I think you just come off a 10 day silent meditation, at least not long after. Yeah. Actually, funny story about that. I was living in Sri Lanka when Seth put out the call for the internship and I applied. I remember the video I filmed for the interview. I was sitting under like a thatch root hut in the middle of Sri Lanka and it took five or six hours for that video to upload because the internet was so unstable. And then I did a 10 day silent meditation retreat, a Vipassana retreat. And at the end of that, I went to call some friends and tell them that I was on my way back to Colombo and checked my email. And the first email at the top of my inbox was from Seth telling me that I got into the summer project. That is actually wild. Can I ask as it's I mean, it's not that aside from the topic at hand, but what was the silent retreat like? Was that I mean, was it formative or was it just more like um, was it what you expected? I'm I'm just very curious. Yeah. Um, So I had spent my junior year of college in Beijing uh, and I took a class on Taoism taught by a Buddhist monk, this guy Dennis, who was hysterical and he had studied in Sri Lanka and uh, he was the first person who ever told me about these kind of retreats and you know, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy but I hope my friends and family will give it a shot. It's one of those experiences that while you're going through it is incredibly painful uh and you literally think through every moment of your life and a lot of issues bubble up over like 10 days of not being able to talk to people not really making eye contact only eating twice a day and sitting in a room for 10 hours a day silently um yeah super hard but really rewarding Wow. Uh, I mean, ca- call this the, the crass initial reaction of a Luddite, but that sounds 
really terrible. It really sounds terrible to me. It, it's, uh, I mean, that reaction is totally fair. Like, there, there were definitely day three, day four, I, I thought seriously about leaving, uh, and a lot of people did. Um, it's r- really challenging to just be there and try to try to focus on the breath, breath for yeah. 10 days coming in and out of your nose. Wow. Um, okay. How did, how did it... It's inf- beautiful to me. It's fucked but beautiful. <laughs> fucked but beautiful? I mean, <laughs> the, I mean, there's a philosophy there in general, but... I, more, I, I do feel like I'd probably have a more romanticized, like, view of that, of, like, uh, like, a kind of a masochistic, like, appreciation. Not, yeah. Not for good or for ill. I'm not saying for good. I'm just saying that's just, like, I think. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, looking back, definitely like rose tinted glasses on it, and I'm sure at some point in the next few years I'll do another one. Um, Vince, do you meditate at all? Uh, I can't say that I do. I think we all have. I mean, not to like this is not an excuse. Not that I need an excuse, but I feel like a lot of people have meditative moments that they don't realize built into their own lives and, and schedules. But uh, no, I do not consciously set aside time for regular meditation well do you do you have like a any sort of contemplative practice that's deliberate uh you know i do i have a i have a daily walk to and from work and i also okay uh i'm a notorious long shower taker and that is a Showers. that's I, a, I, I meditate a th- that's a definitely oh, yeah. thinking sort of incubative moment for me but uh other than that it's it, there, i have no dedicated mindfulness or the moments thereof. Yeah, I I think you can sort of just work it into whatever form makes sense for you. Like when I'm at the gym lifting weights, for instance, you can you can reach a meditative state just focusing on like as you're doing a bench press, uh, the muscles contracting and like your breath and have similar benefits to say just sitting silently. I, I, yeah, I can certainly I can certainly see that. I'm curious as to and the this is not the question of a skeptic by any means. What do what sort of like benefits do you reap uh that you can sort of tactily grasp from meditation assuming though I shouldn't that you do set aside time to meditate daily. I I'm a sloppy meditator at best. It's not, it's not daily. Uh, like you, I do have practices like walking or long showers built in. I'll probably deliberately meditate three to five times a week. Um, and I can definitely tell just like when you haven't gone into the gym for a while and you start feeling like sluggish and burnt out same thing with meditation i definitely think clear uh can be more focused at work and it helps me to turn off from work mm-hmm. yeah is that is that like a a major a major beneficial moment in meditation in general or meditative moments or meditative practices or mindfulness in general, the separation compartmentalization of the problems and thoughts that you have in life. Yeah. And I, I think that was part of the reason why I was so drawn to it initially because I 
tend to workaholics a loaded word but you know i go really hard in a lot of aspects of life and it's it can be hard to turn off and go to sleep Uh, I will say my the majority of my meditation occurs usually pre yoga, uh, and I am so thankful for yoga. I've talked about it a lot, and I've talked about it with you as well, Sean. And actually, again, you're talking about you know feeling sluggish. Uh, We were discussing this earlier today or yesterday. I was just like, oh my god, I'm into yoga a little bit, okay, because I have a membership, and there's no there's no yoga studio uh, core power in New York. And I'm just like, ah, I shouldn't pay for the, you know, I've already got my membership, whatever. And so I've just been like, ah, so I'm going tomorrow. But it's just like, it is kind of a blockage that happens. And yeah, any, any discipline or daily practice or any type of practice doesn't have to be daily. I feel like it gives you, it gives you a feeling of control or of authority or of at least like acknowledgement of kind of where you're at. Um, oh, I, I've definitely felt that with uh, with the artist way with the daily writing uh, morning pages so helpful man I mean whew, what a for not, not just in the not just in a oh I drank the Kool-Aid so now I have to like talk about how good the Kool-Aid is <laughs> <laughs> well, right this is just like genuinely but like, oh, yeah, this is yeah that's like a big thing to it right is ritual and and repetition is like for instance this is like a really like dulled down example, sure. but when you're working and you listen to music, you already know it's sort of yeah, yeah. allows you to create through it. And when you're listening to new music, you sure. so, so the idea being, of course, yeah. that once you start going through familiar motions, yeah, it you allows can kind of through some of it. Yeah, you can yeah. engage that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it engages part of you, but not all of you, and that frees the rest of you to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean, when we talk about going with the flow as a, not in, not in like a bumper sticker way, but it's like a general philosophy or, or way to live, what sort of ways do you think your work style or creative style embodies that or doesn't it? My work style definitely does. I, I remember a situation that was, to me, quite comical uh, at my last job where there was a fire that popped up in the office uh, and working to put it out. And my boss was getting really stressed and angry and just cursing a lot. And I was pretty chill and he was getting upset that I wasn't upset and that was fueling him to become more upset Uh and spend less time focusing on like how are we going to fix this productivity is the aim i think that's what i appreciate about your mentality there too um and just even tying back a little bit to what we were just talking about the daily practice in the same way, I, I think you could you could say daily practice is one thing, but really what that leads to is an, a knowing of self, or at least a sense yeah. of self. And that is, I just, I, I, I'm picturing a sort of a bobber, a buoy version of Sean 
condensed in, like or maybe just like printed onto a buoy they're just floating with the waves as they come and pass him that's what gives you the ability to sort of take any of those scenarios head on uh, you know something crazy not crazy something happens <laughs> at work uh, a bad thing something that is maybe not good for the business or for your work or an unexpected thing and what allows you to bob up and down and really just like be pretty that's the thing i think that's what's like misconstrued and something that i've like really been embracing especially the last like year and a half is like or two years whatever i don't know it, like oh wait it's more productive because productivity is like such an aim for me most times it's more productive to not like freak out <laughs> that's not helpful so like a calm assertion of where you're at and just an accepting of that that's like so helpful but it's so hard it's not easy to do so, right yeah so how do you how do you feel well actually i guess maybe i can answer the question for you one way i think you do that sean is you have a great sense of humor you see the uh, the laughability of mustang right <laughs> yeah you want to speak to that a little bit yeah i mean i i just kind of try to make the most and enjoy every situation uh i uh so every friday night i take a taijutsu class and it's two ish hours of sometimes footwork sometimes working with swords sometimes just grappling and yeah i throw people off because sometimes after getting hit in the face i'll just start laughing and that's not a typical response. <laughs> I I am imagining it, and it it does seem a little manic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to the scene in Fight Club where Edward Norton is. Uh, I'm Lou, right? And he's yeah. pounding yeah, on yeah, his yeah, face, yeah. and he spits in his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty gruesome. It's good. Uh, it's that's, what I'm imagining right now. That you read no, my we, mind. We don't get we don't get that gruesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's too sure, bad, but for sure. But that, yeah, I mean, you don't want to damage the face. That's that's the money maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Foolish of me to suggest otherwise. Uh, that is, and why is it? Why do you laugh? I I actually don't know. That's just kind of how I how I respond. Um, we, we I feel like we have similar responses, and maybe yeah. maybe they're derived from different places. But for me, I think sometimes that's like an insecurity thing. But other times, I really truly feel like it's I'm already like constantly laughing at the cosmic ridiculousness of all things to have to have led up to this moment it's all so funny to me and so it like to care too much about anything like it, that, i guess that is the paradox of of maybe not this for you know in all its forms but maybe for me and the beauty that i found in it is that like i care so much that like i don't care like i care so much i give so many fucks and like I also like see how ridiculous that is because it's nothing not it's you know it's everything and nothing simultaneously and thus my only reaction to most things is to laugh <laughs> it, it's also i guess my way of just like dealing with yeah it's like jeez so dumb jeez well said grant 
Wow, nice, dude. That's what. I, listen, that's why we had you on. I was just, I was just for <laughs> building to that moment. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, have a good night. Yeah. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap. So that's the second time we've wrapped the show so far. Okay. I'm hoping we can get to four. I'd like to get to four. If we could. I'd like to at least get to three. Otherwise, it goes on okay. indefinitely forever. Could which is unlike which is not I would good. Like to talk a little bit about yes, um, I would like to hear Sean talk about is. Uh, I feel like we'd be remiss to not discuss flow as an engaged state, particularly for me. I think of flow as like creative work state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea is literally flowing out of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And yep. I, I'm, there, there are different kind of layers of that. And actually, I would say uh, I would, I'll give a couple of examples, but then I kind of want to hear Sean talk about that. And I, I want to hear you talk about that too, too, uh, Vince. But I think actually the first example I'll give is. Um, because I think of the flow state as like truly just like engaged and ha- like present. You know what I mean? To me, that's, I mean, I guess the yoga, flow yoga, you know, that's tr- just engaged. I'm there. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. But I think of like, that's my happiest. And that's a, the feeling I'm chasing pretty constantly with my work. And first off, I will say almost always that that state happens when I have headphones on. I, I just can't even imagine. You know, I'm just too distractible. I'm just too, I need the focus that music brings. And I also need the, and thrive on the energy that that affords me like uh that that's how i achieve flow and I, I think that's actually why a lot of my work uh and passion and time has gone toward music in the past year and a half is be is because of that i just like recognize how powerful that is for me and so but what i was gonna say is another uh, way i feel like i engage flow is setting up constraints um or setting up the right situation and i was thinking about deep dives which we haven't talked about oh man we used to do those and you know you were one of my close collaborators with those where we just sort of tackle one problem um and just attack it from so many different angles and that was you know what it was i guess with that it was more of the performative element i guess it's kind of like being on set for me it's the same thing where it's like, oh, I'm showing up and like the work is happening here. I get, you know, like, collective accountability. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, yeah, there's a level of like almost like a level of productivity through overdoing it. Like let's spend the entire day thinking about it, presenting to one another and then let's do it again. And then let's do it again. And that sort of saturation can sometimes like when you fill every pore with something and it becomes sensory overload, there's like a Zen-ness to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're fully engrossed in it. You're immersed, right? You're willing to surrender to like, to have to trying to do something. That's like the va- that's like sort of a misappropriation of the theory behind sensory deprivation, right? Yeah. It's like not taking everything away. It's like f- surrounding you with salt water and darkness and deafness. Mm-hmm. And in being immersed, you can be freed. Yeah, because. What you're saying is, uh, it just like yo, God, there's so many fucking parallels. Like, it's crazy to me how many parallels to the good things I like, the things I enjoy, the things I appreciate the most are with yoga. But it's like, surround yourself with other students, surround yourself with people who are all there for the same thing. You're going to get different things out of it, of course, but that is the point. Like, let's show up, let's do this thing. I guess there's some kind of competitive elements too in a healthy way I think you know I appreciate like that kind of having to perform okay <laughs> riff over that's a wrap number three on the show <laughs> we, okay, we okay. did it we made it okay alright we're Sean, looking at Sean, four now can you talk a little bit about engaging engaging flow 
uh, well, or, you know, maybe start with what that means to you. But but I think that is the sign of of I think a high uh, high level performer of somebody who's like just able to turn it on and who's able to like do the work consistently is somebody who's like able to engage that flow. Yeah. So I sometimes struggle to turn on and there are definitely rituals that I have found that help me a lot. Like you, you and I were talking over this last week about soundtracks we listen to while we work. And I think that music really helps me to sort of tune in and turn on. When I was writing this book, I listened to the same Odessa soundtrack on loop uh, for about nine months. And I only listened to it when I was writing this specific... Exactly. It's it's, it's the same thing for me, which is uh, uh, travel context of work. Like, when I'm traveling, I work, and I like... I'm just in that mode. It's the same thing. You start to train yourself and like, that's a very useful association to build though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like, I mean, for him it was more deliberate, but to associate travel with productivity is like super clutch to do. Right. Yeah. Shouts out. Shouts out to you for doing that. Anybody could do that. No, I mean you, anyone can, and that's the power of building an association. It's like a natural human capability that we possess but it's also easier said than done in some ways because it takes commitment like you don't build a habit from nothing or you can if the habit's bad and easy to build but yeah. uh, you yeah, don't build it, good productive habits from nothing usually usually yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it takes deliberate effort uh, one of the things the album was it in return um, it, it was like their summer soundtrack remix. It wow. was a 36 minute track, I think, on YouTube. Oh, okay. So the single a, track. A, okay. It's probably their uh, Snow Sleep mix or something like that. Yeah, they, they put out those consistently. Which actually, yeah. side note, that's like what people forget is like a lot of these high performers are. Uh, high level performers and in any discipline are like doing so much other stuff like consistently that sharpens their skills like that's an example they put out the mix like consistently I think it's a new sleep mix they've done like a bunch of them where they're just like they were working on that constantly sorry okay big fan of Odessa yeah oh they're great yeah yeah one of the things I've been struggling with lately in my new role I'm more of a manager uh, so have we just launched a new product and I am the point person to 771 bookstores across the country on how to how to push this product, how to deal with customer support. So my days get a little like all over the place, booked up with meetings. And I I haven't done a good job of blocking out large chunks of time to figure to focus on deep work. Do you feel like you have a a level of blockage from that? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely makes it harder to focus and take a deep breath and ask yourself, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing consistently that I could automate or scale or, or just cut out? And how can I focus on the other, other areas of the business that need some love and attention? Fuck, man, prioritizing is such a... It's, the, it's like the least easy thing to do of all time. Yeah. And so... 
fucking important. Yeah, I, isn't that how it always goes? Like the most important things intersect with the the least easy, besides like breathing and bathing and stuff. But to walk a thorny road, Vince, uh, okay. we may cover it every inch with leather. Oh. We can make sandals. So, but, but this is actually quite like acute that you bring this up because sometimes the solution is actually to lay leather over the road. Ooh. The. A small strip, perhaps. Right. So we, we talk about this sometimes, which is if like the road to efficiency. Yeah. So if the, if the road is one meter long, it may not be in your best interest to construct a pair of sandals. Mm. Or mm. I think actually maybe sometimes people are confused about what they're constructing. They think they're constructing sandals. And I, and I see a lot of that with uh, like personal development stuff to death where it's like oh no 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 you oh no because and they build a full body sandal and it takes them their entire life to do it or they they have learned so so much about building sandals and they never fucking made one it's just yeah 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 oh yeah yeah i could diagram that i could yeah and all the elements of sandal building right and and perhaps maybe they could have just fucking started running yes and i mean and this is like where we link back to the the discussion about prioritization right it's like you you need to understand not not just what is important i mean that's the end goal but why is important why are you building the sandals right and is it because it's the right thing to do or is it because you think you think it's the right thing to do this is a classic and and how do we make a good decision how do we prioritize but by knowing where we're headed at least generally and so i actually want to pose that question to sean like where do you i I think part of part of kind of the stoic mindset you have is perhaps not being too attached to the result but i am just curious um even on a friend level like where i i know you're interested in higher ed i'm not trying to steal your answers here but like yeah where do you feel like uh that path leads or or where do you feel like you're pointing toward yeah, those are two really, really good questions. Um, first, I, I think a lot of people don't think about the structure and how how to actually attack the problem they're trying to solve. And let me give you an example that I think about a lot. So, I my training partner in Taijutsu is. She is five foot tall and maybe a hundred pounds, if that, and she can throw me and I'm six one and one eighty five. And she can do that because her structure is good. Now, if she was just trying to do that with all of her effort and brute force, no way that could ever happen. But because she knows where to apply the force, she can do it pretty easily. Um, Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Form. form not in the like form versus function but it's just about form it's about technique there it's about yeah, yeah knowing where force, yeah. where how your efforts will go furthest in attacking a problem leverage yeah. yeah yeah and where what areas of the problem if you focus on what problem if you solve will make all of the other problems are relevant. Um, oh, oh my God. Uh, and that's 
that's a fourth. <laughs> Let's wrap after that. That's Let's that's wrap. good. Uh, yeah, kill the head, and, and the rest will be dead. Right? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a more brutal, less peaceful form of that same narrative, but. Hold on, was that wrapped then? Because that was was that number one? Did you have another point you were you were building toward, Sean? Uh, that that was question number one. Then you asked me about career trajectory yes, yeah, stuff, trajectory, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sound like that. Some of that was trajectory too. Some of that is, and definitely thinking about like I try to be fairly deliberate on skill acquisition and where I'm spending a lot of time and where what skills I'm working on building. Like I've lately been focused a lot more on just improving communication and storytelling and uh using words deliberately and that kind of has evolved out of spending a lot of time getting deep into copywriting and persuasion because I think that communication is one of those skills that if you can get really good at it it makes everything else easier and whether that's convincing your boss to give you budget for an initiative or convincing a prospect to become a customer dude I from an outside perspective well I mean first off I, we've talked on the show about writing and how, like, what a fundamental skill that can be and how much that can just kind of help you figure out your brain space and figure out how to communicate with people. And especially in an era where so much of our work ends up being done over email and over mediated sources, uh, writing, you know, but, but something I've really appreciated about you, Sean, is... Uh, and, and perhaps this is actually related to some of your, your stoicism or your flow vibe is like your, your ability to take in the information process and then respond and respond intelligibly and respond with, um, confidence. I, I think like, yeah, I don't know. You, you've got a, there's a persuasive element to that because I believe that you believe whatever you're doing. And so yeah, I think that's special. And and something else I need to I need to mention as far as the skill acquisition goes, I have seen you over the course of what has it been? Maybe three years since we did that project. Or, yeah. Okay, something like that. Uh, I I've seen you like have an interest in design, and you had some skill set, you know, during that project. But that has you know it's a that has low key blossomed. I think your at least your literacy. I mean, besides even just your functional ability, which I think has come a long way in design, but your literacy in design language and in communicating, I think probably with designers, has like really come a long way. And the way you have gone about that has been a slow and steady, uh, and I'm sure at times sprinting, but like I would say you're a good designer now. Oh, that that means a lot. Yeah, I mean, and that's like low on your, I think maybe totem of whatever of things you position yourself as but i do think there's something to be learned there about just like applying yourself over time consistently if not like voraciously i don't know yeah no and i started in high school with like messing around with photoshop when i was on the the school newspaper and then just getting deeper in that honestly just to kind of fuck with people and uh prank people isn't Uh, that why we all get into everything yeah exactly and that evolved i looked back at a project i shipped uh what was it like four years ago now 
Um, I, I put out a Fulbright application guide and I, I'm embarrassed by the, the design, but looking back, it's like, that makes me happy that I'm embarrassed because I've, that's a mark that I've developed my skill set in that area. It's exciting. Yeah. And, And that's one of the huge, man, what are the, what are the fucking joys of consistent practice is seeing progress over time? Can yoga? I feel you know, but just like things. Yeah, I I mean to to reflect, which is a wildly rewarding experience. You need something to reflect upon, and reflection can only be done given the gift of time. The there needs to be perspective, and that means you need consistency over a long period of time. Speaking of time, actually, speaking of time spent and commitment to something. I was browsing the website of, of a certain guest of ours named Sean today. Ooh, ooh. Oh, Sean Singh, episode 96? Oh, no, the, the other Sean, the other Sean guest that we've had. Uh, okay, the one who's on right now? Yeah, this, this one okay. currently, sure. uh, Mr. O'Connor. Um, and I noticed something that was on your list of achievements that uh, is is uncommon. It's frankly a little bit peculiar but it's something we have in common sean Ooh, what do you have any do you have any guess i'm gonna make him guess the ott that's that's great uh what do you what do you think that might be do you have any speculations um are you are you an eagle scout (laughs) oh he's got it he nailed it you got it yes i am i am i think you made a reference to that earlier so i had some context yes good nothing gets past you uh you got eagle eyes and ears sean um (laughs) how uh be part of this conversation well so yeah our off-topic topic today is is the boy scouts of america an imperfect organization to be sure very Uh, imperfect but uh it's it's a way that uh apparently both sean and myself spent our childhoods uh there's no way around it much to my despair at the time it takes a great deal of commitment uh and consistency to achieve that rank uh to those of you who are listening who are not familiar eagle scout putting in quotes is the highest possible rank that you can achieve in the boy scouts and it's no given that any given boy scout will achieve it uh so jesus christ (laughs) now that you're up to speed uh sean what did you think of your experience in scouting and uh do you do you like tell people i mean it's on your website so that's further than i would go already but um do you like do you bring it up do you put it on resumes is this part of your your pitch about yourself oh yeah i i own it um in high school i wasn't super proud of it just you know high school angst and all that fun stuff but etc yes yeah um but i it was a super formative thing for me um between just building a love of hiking camping being outdoors um building a sense of self-resilience like the ability to go and spend a weekend with nothing but a pack of matches and a knife and 
you know, more or less survive is a pretty cool experience. And you learn a lot through the program about leadership, self-awareness. Um, at every single rank advancement, you have two interviews, one one-on-one and one like generally five-on-one where you have to talk about your advancement, what you've done well, what you haven't done well. Uh, yep. Talk about areas of growth and where you want to focus on next. Uh, you have to teach a lot in the program. The, the scouting motto is learn, do, teach. And I think that's a really formative way to ingrain any skill and master it. If you can teach something, you're you're good. Um, yeah. Right. I, I mean, was, the, the philosophy being that, like, the Eagle Scout who achieves the rank but has none achieve the rank behind him has not done his job in achieving the rank. Uh, imparting the wisdom that you glean from the position is supposed to be ex- an extremely imperative part of the station. Yeah, um, and also the, the commitment to trying to do service in the world, um, I think, is a great foundational habit just being in the mindset of how can I make the world a little bit better every day? Absolutely. And therein lies one of the, I mean, I'm, I'm not greatly fond of, of Boy Scouts as an organization, nor am I too attached to the rank that I achieved. But what I will say is I admire greatly the Boy Scouts uh, and all of scouting's approach to uh, nature and being harmonious within nature, probably its greatest quality, uh, and that leads to a, a lot of reflection and mindfulness in use, and being sparing and conservation and uh, respect for the natural, uh, which is very a very productive mindset. I think I couldn't agree more. Um, actually, a few weeks ago. I was hanging out with a, a good friend who just had a son uh, and we were he was in scouts growing up and is also an Eagle Scout and young Alex, young Alex, okay. Alex Peck, Alex Peck. Uh, look for yourself in the show notes. Currently Seth Gaden's creative director. Yeah, he's a tremendous individual and someone I'm really fortunate to count as a friend. Uh, But we were talking about like, will will he get his son involved in scouts? And um, I really respect the fact that he will not because of his moral obligation to uh, or his moral objections against the some of the scouts' less savory policies as of late. Oh. As of well, not not just as well, of not, late, as yeah. as of foundational. Uh, yeah, homophobic, religiously semi intolerant. Yeah, and all, it's any not an inclusive of, organization. No, and such a it's a, uh, such as the the dark irony of of such a seeming beautiful. Uh, intentions, you know, uh, and not just in scouts, but just in so many. Yeah, there. I mean, this like every religion. Yeah, <laughs> say just yeah, all religions. And <laughs> and it's yeah, it's like it's a shame in many ways because uh, I have a lot of positive uh, yeah. affections for the the. Um, the time I spent as a scout, but uh, I I wouldn't be able to support the organization. I wouldn't be able to recommend that anyone I know enlist their, their children, 
more enlist as an adult and support it. Um, which is interesting to me when a memory is kind of marred by the current circumstances of its existence. Does it, has your time in scouting become tarnished? Uh, I'm sure if, well, I, w- I won't say it for sure, but if you're anything like me, you weren't really thinking about that while you were in the Boy Scouts. That wasn't top of mind for you, but now it has, and it's kind of changed the lens through which you view that time in your youth. Uh, true or false? Um, so it actually was top of mind while while I was going through because there were lawsuits across the country about scouts who were atheistic or homosexual uh, suing the organization. And it's kind of fucked up. Um, for, very fucked up even. Yeah. For an organization that claims to uh, teach people values on how to live a good life and how to be a good person to not be inclusive is somewhat contradictory or entirely contradictory. Yeah. I mean, such is the nature of, of religion because this is a seemingly secular organization yeah. to a different standard. It's just a little silly. It, it's a little silly. <laughs> Uh, I, I yeah it's uh so I mean that okay. that 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 leads me to like a question like how do you talk about the fact that you are still to this day an Eagle Scout does it I mean are you do you own the parts of it you're proud of do you make that distinction or do you just let people draw their own are conclusions you, are you forced to be homophobic now <laughs> <laughs> well for instance like I don't I don't usually mention it in my day to day life at all it's not on any of yeah, my I mean, I've stuff I've actually been. I knew that. I think I knew you were an Eagle Scout, but I haven't thought about that, or we haven't, we haven't talked about it. No, I I almost never have cause to talk and, about it unless it's a situation I, like this. I mean, I I feel like maybe there's just like an insecure part of me that's saying I knew that, but I'm not even sure. If no, I, I no, I think we probably we came up at some point. Yeah, yeah, but cool, cool, cool. I mean, long ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I talk about every day. It's not like I go into the office wearing the scout uniform. And, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I'm sure you would make yeah. you could pull that off. I think. Oh, I, I could Sean, <laughs> if you say, wanted to. As context, Sean does have one of the more boy scouty looks I've ever encountered. And I, mean that, <laughs> I mean that in respect. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. It seemed like you you could have done a good job in Moonrise Kingdom. You could have been like Edward Norton's like right hand guy. So, oh, he, I, I are you cherubic in a way? What's the look that cherubic? Yeah, I think so. Youthful, sweet. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and <laughs> Vince, to to answer your question, I put it all out there because uh, one, I it is something in my life I'm proud of, and I think it's sort of it's shorthand for people mm-hmm. like yourself who are an Eagle Scout or familiar with the program, uh, you know, you can know a lot about me as a person in the way I, I think just by knowing that one fact. And it's something that during job interviews has been really helpful because there's a decent amount of people who have been Eagle Scouts or who are Eagle Scouts out there in the world. And it, it's just a common thing to talk about. Man. I can't help but think of how this does connect to the flow conversation, especially as we were talking about sense of self and what I would consider like a sense of gravity. 
um, or a relational sense to the world, as in here I am, I am this point on the map, and so then I can kind of start to form my worldview and and the way I see things around this. I feel like it, it can maybe give you that in a way that not a lot of other things could. Yeah, and I don't feel that I'm not responsible for the yeah. the follies of the organization. And when I was in Scouts, I wrote plenty of letters to the national organization talking about how I felt. Um, wow. Respect there. <laughs> yeah, respect. Well... <laughs> Thanks for thanks for taking that trip with me. Uh, I it's strange for me since I talk about it so infrequently to yeah. to go down memory lane like that. Um, so should we should we wind from the to the from the from the lane to the river ooh. and flow ooh. on? Hold on, should we portage uh, across? Oh, uh, ooh, that's wow. a that's a scouting Scout term, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's portaging. an outdoorsy. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. This will be their fifth wrap, but there's still more of the show, so and stay tuned a for a second. More wraps, hopefully. Yeah, if if you know, if fate, fate willing. And, uh, and, and I do represent fate on the show. I think that's kind of my <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Sean, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We have a couple of questions. If you could use them as your springboard for providing some last thoughts on the on the concept, the subject of flow. <laughs> Uh, what a mouthful. Yeah. What a delightful yeah. mouthful. <laughs> That's what I strive for. Uh, I love it. First question. Sean O'Connor, how can our listeners support you? Um, they can be a little bit more deliberate every day about what they can do to make the world a little bit better. You got to love that selfless answer the the attempt to plug or like the the opportunity to plug and then he no i will not plug here's, here's what i will say here's what i will say and i i don't mean to uh, in any way make it seem as if it was selfish but something i see in sean is he does this like i i mean i've been around him a fair amount of times now and sean is a force of positivity and he just, I mean, undeniably a force of positivity. And here's what I will say about that. A force of positivity ends up getting to experience a lot of positivity in their own right because they kind of create this warm shield around them. And so I think in some ways it can be selfish, and I think it's a beautiful selfishness. So thank you, Ooh. John. <laughs> Thanks, Grant. I fucking meant it, man. I love it. Yeah, that's yeah, sincere, man. You, and as as someone who hasn't had the pleasure of of meeting you until, uh, unfortunately, not in person, but the next best thing, uh, the the idea that you are a force of positivity could not be more accurate. Uh, truly, a, an unending wellspring of of good vibes. <laughs> it's been it's been a really it's been a grand episode for that good. for that reason. Yeah, um, this has been fun. Excellent. Well, we've got one more question for you. Mark you for the biggest. If if you would like our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would you want that one thing to be? Uh, focus on what is in your control and take a take a couple hours to think about the project you're working on, especially as the year wraps up and we go into 2017 and think about where on that project you could spend a little bit more time to drive the change in the world you're seeking to make. 
if, if only we all could, right? That, I mean, that's yeah. really a, a great sentiment to summarize why flow is important. It's because there, there are certain things in the world rocks the land that will not move with you uh and and you need to watch them go by or or interact with them best you can and there are things you can change like your own course in life's great river do that when you can well said sean uh and and again thanks for your generosity and your wisdom guys thanks for the show this is fun what a what a treat what a treat indeed can i leave us with a couple things here first i will say as a practical activity to what you were saying uh, friend of the show, first guest of the show, one Josh Long. Uh, he he did this activity. Yeah, a real a true throwback. Way back two. machine, yeah. Episode two. Uh, he did this activity when we were at Patterns, and actually, I think Sean, you've hosted a Patterns. I don't know what, what the state of that uh, project is, but I know you hosted a Patterns workshop at one point, right? Yeah, like nine-ish months ago. Nine-ish months ago. Okay, so when we, uh, I was out at at their office uh, for one of their uh, workshops, and one activity he had us do was uh, you write on Post-it notes everything you're afraid of, just for four minutes or something. I honestly think somebody could do this activity, and it would probably be beneficial. Take five minutes. Write everything you can think of that you're afraid of um, down on Post-it notes. And then when you're done, what you do is you put those post-it notes into three categories. They're the things that you absolutely cannot change, like in effect, the things that you maybe can and the things that you can change. And the things that you can are really the ones that you focus on. It's like the only thing that, I mean, you, you know, you worry so much, but it's not productive, right? It's like worry where it counts. And I have one final parable I just want to leave us with. Here's a final request to you, Sean. Go for it. To walk a thorny road, we may cover its every inch with leather, or we can make sandals. <laughs> the third invocation. The third invocation. On the sixth uh, wrap. On the sixth wrap. Uh, we got one more. We got we got one more. Seven. Yes. It's a it's a very lucky number. It's a powerful number. I think it'll be our final wrap. What do you think? No, oh, that sounds perfect to me. Uh, Sean, uh, man, I know I know you believe in this idea, so I'm hoping you can give us a, a hearty version of our sign off, which is ship it. Um, can you give us a Sean O'Connor ship it? Ship it. Okay.